It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Scott's yelling at me. Get over there, Walter. All right, it's 806 and News Talk WSB. <laughs> Who is the boss here? Scott Maxim and Ashley Frasca. Who is the employee? Walter Reeves. All right, it's 806 and News Talk WSB. 77 degrees outside. This is the Lawn and Garden Show, and I'm Walter Reeves, and I'm doing my best to make you be more successful in your landscape. And one of the ways that we help you be more successful is to look at Ashley's landscape or her mother's landscape, which is full of weeds. It actually brings one of those for our examination every Saturday morning. And what did you find this week, Ashley? I'm not going to say that I've run out of weeds, but yes, I just went to a different yard. So <laughs> mom and I were weeding the monkey grass alongside the driveway, and yeah. it's just overgrown with wild violets and this really spunky little sprouty neon green weed that almost ah. kind of blended in with the monkey grass, right. but it has a funny little shoot, almost like a spike, with three thin blades ah. that come out from it at the top. Kylinga. Kylinga. That's the stuff, yeah. Very and you're right when you say it's emerald green, very distinctive in its color of the of the leaves. And it was able it was very easy just to yank up. I mean almost just a, a tight small clump of grass almost. So it's uh pretty prolific in areas that aren't drained well that stay right. kind of moist. Right, 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 right. It's a member of the sedge family, and so it tends to like things that are sort of dampish during the year near the driveway. If water drains off of it one side or the other, it can be wet over there. Um, so Kylinga, it's, I think, an annual weed, and pulling it is certainly one way of getting it out of the mondo grass. And the other thing in the lawn, honestly, you can take a little trowel and go out there and dig a little clumps of it out. That's no big deal there. It's probably... I don't know if pre-emergence is the right way to go. Frankly, I think controlling it by digging it out is the most simple way, the easiest way to do it, actually. So I think you did just exactly right. Just well, and you've had out. a lot of listeners complain about it in the past being in Bermuda. So once it gets to a point where it's just invasive, yeah. then what do you do? Uh, use sedgehammer. The, the stuff that works on sedges is called sedgehammer. And uh, the sulfentrazone. It's the other chemical, and I know these are big, long-syllable things, but the Bayer season-long weed control and the ortho weed uh, begone max, both of them have the right chemicals in them. Quinclorac is the other one, and both of them control sedges. And so you use one of those. Read the label and make sure it can be used on your lawn, your grass, your ornamental, and make sure it controls sedges and kylinga, one Perfect. of the sedges. There you go. So if we wanted to see one, how would we see one? Uh, WSBradio.com, and then in the search bar at the top, you can type Weed of the Week or Kylinga, if you mm -hmm. know how to spell it, mm -hmm. and it'll come up with a picture and a description and the album of weeds we've done previously. Spell it. K-Y-L-L. I-N-G-A. Kylinga, just like it sounds. <laughs> Kylinga with a Y. All right, Kylinga, WSBRadio.com. Type in Weed of the Week, and Ashley's weeds will be displayed. Doug is down in Hampton, Georgia. Doug, can you do better now about not listening to me on delay? Are you there, right? Yeah, I'm here. All yeah. right, you got yelled at by Scott. I'll yell at you a little bit, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, I, and this is frankly, honestly, Doug, please please forgive me. Let me tell our listeners out there what the deal is. We are in delay. All radio shows are in delay about eight seconds or so on the morning. And so if you listen to us on the radio, you're here, hearing what I said eight seconds earlier. And that's why we say, Ashley says anyway, to everybody, don't listen to us on the radio. Listen to us on the phone so you won't get confused by the delay. And so all my callers... Eh, some know, some don't. But that's the deal. How can I help, Doug? Hey, buddy. I'm going to be growing some pumpkins this year, and I want to ask you a question. What's what? the best fertilizer to use, chicken or cow manure? Uh, chicken manure. All right. And do you pull your first blooms off or not? Are you going for lots of pumpkins or big, big pumpkins? Biggest pumpkin, prize pumpkins. Oh. Are you going to enter them in a fair or something, Doug? Yeah, I'm going to enter them in a contest, yeah. Uh, to be real truthful, Doug, you're a little bit late to be planting pumpkins. If you're going for the big ones, you plant those around the 1st of June. And so we're, I don't know if you're going to be a prize winner this year, but you'll know better next year. Big deal. We'll, we'll get some experience this year. So yes, the answer is you pull the flowers off. You, for the first two, three or four weeks on the vines, you'll have male flowers and you can tell the male flowers from the female by what they look like. And once the female flowers start occurring, you do you take a male flower off with your hands, snip it off, and go put it inside the female flower and sort of biddle it around inside there to get full, full pollination. That's how you get a big pumpkin is to have absolutely perfect 100% pollination inside the female flowers. And you pull all but about two or three on opposite sides of the plant off, and all the plant's roots and resources go out to making those pumpkins the biggest one it possibly can do. Okay, well, that sounds good to me. That's all the advice I needed, and I just want to know, and I appreciate you letting me know. I was too late. All right, Doug. Next time you know better, and I hope to hear from you. I hope to hear about that blue ribbon you get from the fair. All right? Start earlier, though. June, the professional big pumpkin growers, they start sometime in the, I think, early part of June, and uh, there are all sorts of websites and details online of how you do it and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to go into that right now. But that's what the pros do. They start earlier in the summer. Gene's out in Decatur, and Gene joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Gene. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Gene. I'm fine. What's up? Yeah. I told you a few years ago, and I told you I had the ugliest yard in the lawn, the ugliest lawn in, in, in the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, Walter, I bought the lawn in the lawn one. I've uh, put everything down and I try to get this fresh tree to grow. And if I kill the weeds, I won't have any grass. So here's the deal. I'm debating whether or not just concrete the whole darn thing or should I go just reseed or just put a whole darn thing out and go with another uh, brand, uh, brand of grass. Yeah, I'm right uh, on an acre and a half of uh, uh, fresh tree. Ooh, an acre and a half. And Decatur, Gene, come on. You don't have an acre and a half. Yes, sir. Trust me, Lee. It's an old, old subdivision. It must be. Good heavens. That's huge, Gene. Yes. Um, uh, how much sunshine does it get? Tell me again. Uh, about 80%. Hey, you know, I, I lectured the fellow earlier about his fescue, and I said, boy, in full sun, fescue is tough to grow. And, Gene, you're in the same situation, even in Decatur. Um, if you're bound and set on having fescue in your lawn, the best thing you can do for it bar none, is to till the ground six inches at least deep before you plant the seed because tilling the ground makes you have a good deep root system and that's what helps fescue survive the heat of 90 degrees. Okay. I mean, so I, I, 
I mentioned to the to the other caller, Gene, something that I didn't really elaborate on, but at above 70 degrees at night, 70 degrees at night is a bad thing for fescue, anything above that degree at night, because fescue has to have some recovery time. It's called a, a cool season grass, and the cool season really means it's cool night grass. And if fescue gets temperatures above 70 or 72 maybe degrees at night, it cannot recover from all the stress and damage done from 90 degrees during the day. And that's why right now fescue lawns all over Atlanta look really ragged because the fescue just can't recover. And the only way to help it recover is to have a deep, six inches deep root system. Yeah, water? Even water doesn't help unless you have the roots that are deep enough to stay cool. Okay. All right. All right. Well... My God, I'm caught between a rock and a, and a, and a, and a, and a uh, oak tree. My God. Go ahead. Okay, well, I I guess I'm gonna have to just uh, what, what if I decide just to just this winter just just uh re just stay outside somehow some way and come back with um uh you said I think you mentioned earlier that Bermuda is a good grass that you live in sun. It is wonderful for full sun, and you have the chance in the in the. Wintertime, I mean, honestly, you could leave it where it is right now, Gene, and just not not do anything much special for it and just let the fescue go ahead and decline and, and uh, look awful as it does. But if you want to plant a sun-loving grass, then Bermuda grass is one choice. Zenith zoysia grass is a seeded zenith, uh, seeded zoysia grass you could use in full sun. And either one of those would be a reasonable choice in 80% uh, sun. But, you know, that's the story. Sunshine determines how successful a grass is going to be. And nighttime temperatures determine how successful a grass is going to be. So if you want to go for a full sun grass, Bermuda or Zoysia makes a lot of sense. I use Centipede and St. Augustine sometimes as well. But if you've got full sun, fescue is tough, tough, tough to keep alive in 90-degree weather. And I think Brad or somebody's keeping Brian Monahan, maybe the weather guy, is keeping up with how many days we've had of 90 degrees this year, more than any year previous. And that means fescue is just suffering. It looks awful. It looks terrible right now. And it's not the fault of the homeowner. And you can water every day if you want to, but it's tough to do. Some of the professional lawns, some of the places in uh, you know, hotels and other places where they have really nice professional care and they till real deeply and they have a, maybe some fungicide put out uh, a couple of times during the summertime, they look pretty nice. Fescue lawns there look pretty nice. But for a homeowner with normal money in the pocket and time to spend doing it and nobody professional to deal with it boy fescue right now is a really tough grass to keep going so gene you make your choice bermuda and zenith soldier would be a real good choice in full sun rather than fescue got it all right 404-872-0750 is the number on lawn and garden the next half hour debbie and Roswell, we're going to talk about cutting back her evergreen shrub and whether or not she can do it now or not tim is in north lake wants to know about getting rid of the weeds and the moss Maybe I want to get rid of the weeds. Oh, I've got a great example for Tim. Tim, stay on the line. i got a great example for you. Bonnie and Flowery Ranch wants to know how much mulch she can put on her pink dogwood. Maybe she put down too much mulch, and that's hard to do, but Bonnie might have done it. We'll find out. You can join us, 404-872-0750. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. And you've heard it this morning. You've heard it on the news. And I'm going to say it again. It's going to be mid-90s this afternoon. Not much chance of a rain. A couple of pop-up showers here and there. Maybe it'll come to your house. Maybe it'll come to my house. We don't know. Mid-70s overnight. Still hot. Still that same way for the next two or three days. So there you go. That's the weather report. And that's the weather forecast. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Debbie Roswell, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Debbie. Yes? Um, I want to know about, we call them Alex Hellerod. They, they're similar to an English boxwood, yeah. probably. Uh, smaller, uh, tighter leaves that yeah. are together. But they need, they are way overgrown, way overgrown. And just wanted to know if you knew if, when to trim them back. And and if you can trim them way back, if you want a simp- a lot of the leaves off of them. If you want a yeah. simpler name, say Japanese holly. Japanese That's holly. That's close enough because okay. ilex means the holly, hellerai means the variety hellerai. So ilex okay. crenata hellerai, I think, is a real yeah. scientific name. But Japanese holly, close enough. Okay. And the good news is, yes, they can be sheared, but now ain't the time. Okay. When uh, would be the best time? You know, early spring would be great. Sometime in late February, early March would be terrific because it's not so hot, and that's the real limiting factor right now, simply that shearing is going to stress the plant. It's going to want to put new growth on. The new growth is demand more water. There's not much water around. It's too hot in the afternoon to make new buds come on very rapidly. Not a good time. Just not. So March of next year would be terrific. Would that that go with any kind of holly? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty okay. much. Uh, how how far back do you want to cut it? How big is it now, Debbie? It's pretty big. It's like you know, four, three or four feet, but it's coming out over our sidewalk. Uh huh. So you know, we ju- it just needs to be trimmed well. Oh, well, I can give you an example. I give you a perfect example. We have okay. my mother has two Hellera hollies on either side of the little sidewalk that goes up to her back portico. And I pruned those in, I'm thinking it was around mid-March of this past year. And I pruned them back easily six inches. And so it was brown. There was nothing but stems right. on the side, yeah, and the sidewalk. And I noted to my brother just, what, two weeks ago now, we were coming in, and I said, look, all that holly has grown in. It's nice and solid green, but it's back <laughs> six inches from where it was back last year. So, yes, if done okay. at the right time, it will come back gangbusters. Thank you so much. Nothing to it, Debbie. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Bye. 404-872-0750 is the number. In the next half hour, Mickey Gazaway from Pike Nursery will be with us. She'll share with us what is the Pike Pick of the Weekend, and I will tell you it will be something nice and edible. I'll let you figure that out, what that will be, but that will be 20% off at Pike Family Nurseries or Pike Nurseries all around Atlanta. And we don't have quite enough time to talk to Tim right now. Tim, hang on, because I do have a perfect example for you. Tim wants to have moss in his uh, landscape. He wants to know how to get rid of weeds. I know exactly what to do, because I did it. Kim wants to know about Preen and whether it works for flowers. Is Preen, P-R-E-E-N, a nice uh, weed control product. Bonnie wants to know about how much her dogwood can be mulched. And David and Sushi will be with us as well. It's 826 at News Talk WSB. How many minutes do we have right now, Scott? we got one minute to talk about. So if you need details about my newsletter, which this coming weekend is going to be so good. This next week is going to have a great article about how to plant your Leland cypress so they last the longest. I have other articles and pictures and things like that. It'll come out this coming Thursday. And the way you subscribe to the newsletter is going to WalterReeves.com, right-hand corner, 
subscribe to the newsletter, give me your zip code and your email address, and every other Thursday you get the newsletter, and you can uh, get all the details of situations that gardeners have found themselves in around Atlanta <laughs> and the pictures that they've taken, as well as some odd things, one of which hopefully you've eaten breakfast already, one of which is about some uh, droppings from an animal that we could not identify. It looks weird, weird, weird. Finally got an answer of what that animal might be. It's 827 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 835, 77.7 degrees outside right now. Ashley Frasca does such a good job on Saturday morning. I give her permission to post on my Facebook page. This is the Georgia Gardener Facebook page, not the Walter Reeves Facebook page, but the Georgia Gardener Facebook page. And she has the greatest video from HGTV about how to keep vegetables fresh. Which ones you leave on your counter, which ones you need to put in the refrigerator, which part of the refrigerator the vegetables need to go in and fruits need to go in, which ones need to be put in paper bags, which ones don't need to be put in paper bags. It is the most awesome video. Ashley Frasco, you did terrific. And you can go there if you're a member of Facebook, which I hope a lot of people are, then you can go to the Georgia Gardener Facebook page and see the video about um, how to keep vegetables and fruits fresh, as well as the note of what is our pike pick today. And to find out what our pike pick of today is, of course, we go to Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Are you staying inside as best you can? Well, I made salsa all week. <laughs> you got peppers, I you got tomatoes. One for people when they make salsa yeah. is wear rubber gloves. My hands burned <sighs> Ooh, for bless three your days. I, didn't even, I had no idea that would happen. Uh-huh. But you don't handle cut jalapenos and habaneros <laughs> with I don't put them in my hands. I don't put them in my mouth. I don't even put them in a room with me. I well, do even not I like. I wash my hands and I would touch my face. Yeah. But anyway, that's just a hint. But Stan has some good salsa. He was happy. He learned many things on the show, one of which don't touch the peppers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, what is our pipe pick of the weekend? It's herbs. Herbs. All right. I said it was edible, and that is it. They're that's edible it. herbs. That's exactly right. And plenty of herbs can still be planted right now, certainly. And most of the time, they do really well in containers near a kitchen oh, door. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Most of the herbs, is, my understanding, are from the Mediterranean anywhere where it's sure. hot and dry and, you know, good drainage. They so develop they the flavor well. better. When it's hot and dry, a little bit dry on them, not mm-hmm. wilty dry. They no, no. Fun. I keep mine watered. I've got mine in an herb bed, but... Uh, it, you know, it gets watered maybe once a week, and it does fine. Mm-hmm. So we got all herbs. So would that include? Let's see. We got mint. We got chives. We got uh, rosemary. Everything um, we've got in the stores. Everything that's in the stores is an herb. It's rosemary, lavender. Um, we've got. I think the mosquito plants are right in the cool. um, with the, the herbs. So I think those will be included too. They may not and repel mosquitoes, but they stages. smell good. Hmm? I said they may not repel mosquitoes, but mosquito plants certainly smell oh, good. The yeah, if you go out good. and pick them and rub them on you, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> you could do that. Well, they, that way they do mask the smell 
of carbon dioxide yes, if you do true, that. True enough. And, and um, that works pretty good yeah, if you yeah. don't mind rubbing yourself with leaves. And you know, in our early part of our conversation, we need to mention the class that we have today at Pike Nursery. That's right. And today it's how to create a pet-friendly garden. So that'll be 9 o'clock? Right. 9 o'clock. Right. All Pike Nurseries, pet-friendly garden. And, That's of course, right. the deal on the Pike Pick, you go to the cashier, you load up your cart with all the herbs, the rosemary, and the and the everything else that you want, the mint, if you be careful with the mint and <laughs> don't let it spread all over <laughs> right. the garden. It's in a pot. It is a container. And a container. Remember that. Uh, if the stem is square, beware. Beware. You go to the cashier and you say, I'm being ware, but also I'm <laughs> saving money 20% off on all these herbs because Mickey and Walter said so. That's right. There it is. Well, Mickey, it's great to hear from you, and I hope that you stay cool in the air conditioning as best you can. You too. It's hot out Have there. a great day. Let the herbs be in the heat. Where would we look to find all the Pike Nursery locations? At pikenursery.com. Of course. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Walter. See Bye. you soon. It's 840 on a Saturday morning. That gives Tim his turn. Tim in North Lake, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Walter. Hey, Tim. Uh, I've got a backyard over here that's got a lot of shade trees, and it's also very sloped. So yeah. the water, I've had guys who lay down sod for a living come out and tell me that they can't think of a sod in the world that's going to grow back here. Moss started taking over, and I had yeah. some neighbors say, you know, you ought to just leave the moss here because yeah. it stays green all year and it's real pretty. But when the weeds get in that moss, I really don't know if there's anything I can do to kill the weeds without killing the moss as well. Tim, I don't live far from you because I live near North Lake Mall, and well, I, I have the most, <laughs> I have the most awesome neighbors. And the reason my neighbors are awesome is because they allow me sometimes to do experiments in their yard to be able to know what happens when, for instance, you have a moss backyard and you want to get the weeds out. So my neighbor Carl has a fabulous backyard covered in moss because Carl frankly doesn't care what his backyard looks like. But when I saw it, I just swooned over the moss growing in his backyard. I said, Carl, you got to leave this moss alone. But it's got some little patches of weeds here. But I've always heard but never tried that you could spray Roundup and it would not hurt the moss. Tim, it's absolutely true. I sprayed Roundup on every one of the little patches of grassy things and a little bit of weeds over the edge, some ivy are on the bottom edge too. And it killed them dead, and the moss is just as happy as it could possibly be. Well, now, there, I, I think there's different grades or whatever of Roundup. I've got the stuff that has the battery-operated nozzle. Is yeah. that good enough? You know what I did was I was, because I was experimenting, I didn't want to be too heavy on it. I was very light. I mean, this is just a little right across the top of the weed without any overlap onto the moss as best I could. Even when I overlapped, though, I didn't see any damage on the moss. So I think the battery-operated applicator is fine. Just don't try to soak the ground or anything with it. And I'd, You're invited to my house to experiment anytime yeah, you want. No, 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 no. no. My, my neighbors have plenty of opportunities for me. I think I'm fine. I think I'm up for, up for all I need right now. Well, round up. And, and do I do that when there's no rain in sight? I, you know, I didn't really care what it was, what was happening. I remember it was hot because I was sweating and the mosquitoes were biting me, but that's all I remember about the day I put the roundup on Carl's backyard. Well, thanks a million. All right, Tim. Good luck with it. Good look, look, have a good looking moss lawn. Thank you. We'll see you. Bye-bye. 42 minutes past the hour, which gives Bonnie her turn. Bonnie's up in Flowery Branch, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bonnie. Hi, Walter. Um, I have a young pink dogwood I set it out about six months ago. Yeah. Looked good, but it started looking stressed when it got really hot. So I mulched it. I put cypress mulch on it. It's about 
three and a half to four inches thick, and the leaves are dying now from Ooh. the tips. So have I got too much mulch? You said um, four inches thick. And uh, what, what kind of mulch did you say it was? Is it chips or straw or what? It's, it, I, it's actually cypress. Cypress, mulch. okay, okay. And I am watering in that, but this I'm just afraid this tree's going to die if I don't do something. I, maybe I've got too much and I need to take some off. Or oh, How old is the tree? I forgot that, Bunny. Yeah, I put it put it out about six months ago, right after Christmas, actually, yeah. it was set out. And it actually bloomed at, at this spring. It was a beautiful, healthy little tree. Yeah, you know what I think, Bunny? I think that the mulch might be a little too thick. And the reason I'm thinking that... And, you know, my opinion sometimes in situations will differ based on the age of the tree and the depth of the mulch and the weather that we've had and da-da-da-da-da. But my opinion is that the mulch soaks up some of that water. I know that you're watering it pretty regularly, but the mulch is still soaking up a lot of the water before it actually gets down to the soil and then before it gets down into the root system of this little tree. And it hasn't doesn't have a great root system anyway because it's only several months old. And so the roots of the tree are still pretty much concentrated right there around the trunk of the tree. They've gone out two or three inches, maybe. But beyond that point, there's no sense in watering out six or eight feet away from the tree because the roots haven't gone that far. Mm-hmm. So, twas I you, I would rake the mulch a little bit thinner, make a layer of mulch an inch or maybe an inch and a half thick of the cypress mulch. Maybe you can take some up and put it under some other tree in another part of the landscape. I don't know. But an inch to an inch and a half thick is about right. And when you water, make sure that you're soaking the ground around the trunk of the tree. So the root ball that was originally on the tree is saturated once a week. Saturated once a week. Let it dry out. Saturate it again. And I think the mulch itself is going to cool the ground, which makes it more conducive to root growth, which is what you want. You want the dogwood to thrive and prosper with better roots. And I think that's all we have to do is to make the mulch thinner and put our water where it needs to be. Okay. I've been watering about every other day, so Mm -hmm. I don't need to do that much, huh? I don't think so. I think much of that water, I think, just is wasted and soaked up by the cypress. Okay, should I be fertilizing any no, or not? No, no, fertilizer right now is the last thing that little dogwood wants. It does not. It's like waking up and saying, "I think I'll have twelve cups of coffee this morning." That'll wake me up. Okay. Yeah, right. It'll wake you up. It'll wake that little dogwood so woke, woke up that it will not be happy. It'll die. Okay. Simulate yeah, that's what I was afraid of. So I hadn't done that, but I thought, well, let me try it. Ask yeah. you anything that might help it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for calling, Bonnie. Bye. You know, I think if Kim were really quick, we could get Kim in here pretty quickly, and then we would be timed out just right. Kim, hey, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Well, Kim? Kim, Kim, Kim? Kim was so excited that Kim somehow dropped off the line right there. But Kim's question, I can summarize it, I think. But she said, does preen work for uh, flowers? And preen is a very good herbicide. It's a pre-emergent herbicide. It's one that uh, prevents weeds from growing. And so preen put in a flower bed. I've used it in my own flower beds a number of years. And um, if you put it down at the right time and water it in, and that's the key with all pre-emergent herbicides, it needs to be watered in so that it does not um, stay on the surface of the soil. Ashley? She had concerns about it getting to all different kinds of seeds before they were able oh. to germinate, I think. Preen is a non-discriminatory <laughs> chemical. Yes, that's exactly right. 
is like any pre-emergent, any pre-emergent preen not accepted, they all stop any seed from germinating. And so if you have a flower bed in which you have flowers that are reseeding, maybe, and what would be an example of that? Not hollyhock, but eh, I can't give an example right this minute. But if you had seeds that you wanted to come up or you wanted to plant new flower seeds in the spring, no, you can't use preen then because uh, it'll prevent those seeds from coming up as well. But preen is a good product, but do read the label as you would with any pre-emergent or any chemical you put on your lawn or your landscape. Read the label. Make sure you understand how to apply it, number one. Make sure you know what plants it can be applied to, number two, and what plants it controls, number three. And then you'll be able to be successful with using the herbicides. Read that label. It's 847. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. You know, WSB is famous in the news department for summarizing the news. Let us summarize the weather. It will be hot today, 95 degrees. Tonight, 77 degrees. Tomorrow, little chance of rain. About the same. There you got it. Full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Nathan is in Shady Dale and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Nathan, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How you doing? Good morning. I'm great, Nathan. What's up? Uh, we were outside pruning our uh, knockout roses this morning, and uh, they've been doing really good. Got a lot of blooms on them. Okay. But down in the heart of the bush, the uh, the leaves are starting to yellow out, almost like the bush is dying. Mm. And uh, talking to Ashley about it, she said that one of hers had kind of done the same thing. But we didn't notice anything, you know, any discoloration of the uh, stalk, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, any idea what could be causing that? How about spots on the leaves? Any spots on your leaves? Uh, well, they, they were turning yellow, and they kind of had brown spots on the leaves, kind of like the, like I said, yeah. like the bush was dying. Yeah, I, I think black spot is a very, very, very common disease on roses, and it makes black or brown spots on leaves, which then turn yellow, which then fall off. And one of the things that is admirable about the knockout rose is simply that it can tolerate black spot better than most every other rose around. That's why there's so many knockout roses planted is because rather than just completely defoliating a plant, a knockout is vigorous enough that it gets the black spot for a little while, drops some leaves, puts new growth on, new flowers on, drops some more leaves, new growth, new flowers, and tolerates it, you know, just tolerates the disease. So Nathan, that's my bet as to what's going on. And Rather than tell you to spray a bunch of fungicides and stuff that's going to cost you a lot of money, let me say, make the plant strong and healthy and happy. Give it some fertilizer. Make sure you water it, or if you have several, water them during the heat right now because that's the biggest thing stressing the rose is simply heat. It just makes the rose less able to do what it wants to do, which is not have disease on it. So water a little tiny bit of slow fertilizer, and I think you're good to go. All right. I appreciate the advice. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling, Nathan. All right, have a good weekend. Don't forget, if you didn't get your question answered this morning, you can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com. Use a couple of words in the search line. It'll tell you, well, I got 13,000 articles and plant identifications and all kind of stuff like that on my website. You can follow me on Facebook, Georgia Gardener on Facebook. 
I think you should brag about yourself on Facebook. All right, 31,000. It's all right. That's huge. Oh, it's not Justin Bieber. It's not Selena Gomez. It's not, you don't want to be them. <laughs> not the real Donald Trump. Not any of those, no, but okay. I got 31,000 followers on Facebook. But you know, most of that comes from people wanting to live, see what Ashley says on Saturday. That's the whole secret to the Facebook thing. Plus, during the week, I give a couple of things that you might be interested in as well. 404 872 the number for the Home Fix-It Show. We'll see you next Saturday morning.